literally until the last minute, maybe minute and a half of last night's AEW Dynamite, I was convinced that I was not going to be ordering this weekend's Ring of Honor Final Battle pay-per-view. There's nothing for me to watch is what I decided. Hey, Chris Graham here. We're going to talk some AEW wrestling. Um, I'm going to end up buying the pay-per-view now because of what happened in that last minute to minute and a half. But AEW still doesn't deserve my money. (laughs) They're going to get it nonetheless because they're going to give us another FTR Briscoe's match, which we could have one of those every week, and I wouldn't mind. Um, This one's going to be a dog collar match. I'm not so sure about the the need for a gimmick uh, with FTR and Briscoe's. Just throw them in the ring and let them wrestle. That's all you need to do. You don't need to gimmick it up. But we're going to get an FTR Briscoe's match, so therefore I'll be watching. Everything that happened leading to this made no sense. Um, FDR had to do a clean job of the acclaimed, and I don't don't mind the acclaimed going over in this match. In fact, I mean, I expected that to be the case. Did not expect the acclaimed tag team title reign to come to a quick end um, after just winning the titles not that long ago, a couple months ago, right? Um, but it should have been something that was, was it should have been booked better. Let's just say that. Um, instead of having FTR, because I, I thought that that's how that match was going to end when it was booked last week. Hey, they're going to use that to bring the Briscoes in. Um, it, you know, a, a way to do this that probably would have made more sense for everybody involved would be to, to, to have uh, the Briscoes somehow appear, even if they just stood on the stage in a distracted FTR and there was a roll-up pin, you could still say, hey, that wasn't a clean win. You know, the acclaim, you know, that could set up a match down the line for, uh, FTR and the acclaimed a few months from now, and they, there'd be no legitimate claim. Hey, we already beat you clean. But the way it worked out, it was just a clean win. The the uh, the Briscoes didn't even show up, and um, for some reason, the Gun Club was used <laughs> to come out on camera from backstage and say they had Christmas gifts for the for FTR. And they opened up a card, and it said something about uh, the Briscoes want to wrestle you or whatever else. So the Briscoes didn't make an appearance. Uh, this match is booked at the very end. It's going to get me to buy. Sure. So that worked, at least in that sense. If you have to assume that the ratings last night were good. Haven't seen the ratings yet. Um, if people haven't heard that, if, if fans missed out last night's show for some reason or the other, you know, you could have had a few weeks to build this up. You could have, man, if you're, if you're booking shows and you want people to actually pay money for them, Use weeks to lead up to this. The, the Full Gear pay-per-view, yes, was less than a month ago, but this is supposed to be a different company. It's not. Ring of Honor is whatever, they, whatever Tony Khan says. It's, he's, he's putting them on AEW TV all the time, the AEW YouTube shows. He doesn't have separate shows for Ring of Honor. So why not build up something for more than a couple of days? But that's another question, right? Um, not even having the Briscoes on the show is an issue. The having FTR losing a roll-up pin is an issue. Uh, Cash Wheeler uh, was at the at that moment of the pin. Um, you know, he had put a series of, I mean, devastating moves, and then all of a sudden he's getting rolled up in pins. Uh, well, it makes no sense. Having the gun, cl- the gun kids were on the screen. Um, also, in the match, there was for some reason a a, a quick uh, video uh, showing us that. Um, Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal and um, uh, Je- Jeff Jarrett, who you know, they're trying to make them, that group into a tag team of some sort. 
um, we're watching the match on the screen, so we're supposed to care. I guess they're going to go against uh, the um, acclaimed at some point soon. Uh, they're not even a tag team. Why have you have so many actual tag teams? Why have a makeshift tag team involved in this? That you know, Tony Khan doesn't get this either. He, he put Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee together and made them the tag team champions for a few months. You've got so many actual tag teams. You don't need to have makeshift tag teams. Ugh, doesn't make any sense to me. Um, this Ring of Honor show is Saturday at four o'clock. And, you know, my wife was asking me, why is it Saturday at four o'clock? Why? That's, that's an odd time. I had to look it up. The schedule for the pay-per-view company actually has a Manny Pacquiao exhibition boxing match at eight o'clock. So... <laughs> The pay-per-view company, I mean, I know how these things work. I'm, you know, those who are new, uh, you know, I, I actually worked for a brief time, six months, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, with a company that put on a pay-per-view show, a wrestling pay-per-view show. Um, the pay-per-view company tells you <laughs> when you can do your show. Um, and, they, you know, they'll give you the dates or dates that are open and, um, and then the times. And so... The pay-per-view company says, we're going to make more money off of a Manny Pacquiao exhibition match than we're going to make off of your Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And actually, I don't doubt them. Manny Pacquiao is a washed-up guy from a long time ago, but he's still going to get more than the 40 or 50,000 buyers that, that it, Ring of Honor is going to get. Part of the reason for that is the card for Final Battle is pretty much, I mean, if it was a two-hour rampage, you know, aside from the FTR Briscoes, um, the, the, this show would be a good two hour rampage. Chris Jericho, Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor title. The stip is that Castagnoli has to join Jericho's uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. If um, if Castagnoli loses that match, you know, as a result of that from being thrown out there, that's what's going to happen. Um, it this is a criticism that's thrown at Tony Khan a lot, but when he has an idea, he really goes with it multiple times until he kills it um we we already have one, uh something where a match was lost by someone who then had to become uh, a member of that person's stable and it happened recently and it's still ongoing matt hardy uh, happened to be the mouthpiece of uh or the whatever with the firm ethan page in the firm uh and um that's ongoing it was featured on the show last night so if you're already doing that with that, you don't have to do it here to do something else. But anyway, it's and it's not even a fun thing anyway. Back when Baby Doll had to be Dusty Rhodes um, uh, valet for 30 days back in the 80s, that was fine. Um, but having Claudio Castagnoli have to endure months of being you know, Chris Jericho's uh, toady. <laughs> I, I'm not. I mean, Claudio is too good for this. Whatever. Um, we also have Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta for the millionth time. This one for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. No, no, no sizzle there. Uh, the women's champ Mercedes Martinez defending against Athena. That would be a good YouTube match, not even a good rampage match. Ah, I'm sorry to say that. Um, Samoa Joe is defending against Juice Robinson. He's defending his Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, or uh, excuse me, TV Championship. And then a um, supposed grudge match. Um, I don't really know the background on this i have to admit but swerve strickland keith lee versus shane taylor jd griffey i i I know nothing about shane taylor and jd griffey so this uh is a 39 dollar 99 cent pay-per-view and it's worth that for one match um some aew news notes observations there's a lot more observations in our news and notes um last night william regal was formally written off aew tv 
in an odd segment in which he revealed in an interview. Now, you know, take notes on this. You saw it yourself, so you know what I'm getting ready to say. We were told it was taped two weeks ago. Well, it wasn't. It didn't. You didn't need to tell us that. Um, he helped MJF win the world title at Full Gear. Okay. Um, and then he was attacked by MJF afterwards, which made no sense either. Um, but he says that he attacked, uh, that he helped MJF beat John Moxley, one of his guys in the Blackpool Combat Club for the world title. Um, one, to put the target on MJF's back. That makes sense, right? Um, two, to teach one last lesson to his guys at the Blackpool Combat, Combat Club to watch their backs. Okay. And then the third, was to get the Blackpool Combat Club to realize they didn't need him anymore and to let him go. It, you know, it's almost like I, I wrote this in a column. It's almost like he was reading Mad Libs out loud. You know, let's just insert a bunch of things that don't make any sense. This is William Regal. You don't, you don't need to, to give him a cockamamie backstory. Just, I don't know. That, his if you're going to do his exit you could have just done it last week and even that didn't make any sense you could have just let him go we all know why he's going he's he's leaving aew after you know uh, at, at the end of the year after his year here um to go back to wwe now the news came out yesterday this was this was interesting news that tony khan made that release conditional a conditional release and the condition is he can't appear on wwe tv until at least 2024 so um Hmm. Nice news. He's letting him go to uh, to WWE. Uh, he said uh, in a press call yesterday that William Regal had indicated that he wanted to go back to WWE because his son um, had signed a developmental deal with NXT and he wanted to be there to be help uh, to help train his son to be um, a pro wrestler. And so Khan got some pats on the back for that. But then, oh, yeah, by the way, he's not going to be on TV for a year. So uh, and that's what you can do. You got a contract. You sign uh, that. That tells you that. You know, any question about how long the deal was for Regal, there was speculation. Was it just a six-month deal, a nine-month deal, a one-year deal? It was a longer-term deal. It was at least a two-year deal. And um, Khan um, is going to exercise some of his rights under that deal. So that's that's hard business there. Um, the only good booking last night, and it was really good booking, and it had a little bit to do with wrestling. Ricky Starks won the stupid battle royal. This dynamite diamond ring thing, I, I've never understood. Who cares? But anyway, he won the battle royal to, to – he's already wrestling MJF for the title next week because he, run, he won the ladder match. Or <laughs> I'm saying these things out loud you know, makes me want to shake my head, which I just did. They're, they're going to have a title match next week on Winter is Coming, the name for next week's dynamite show. Um, MJF, great on the mic. Ricky Starks, we know to be great on the mic. Don't get to hear him on the mic very much. They had an awesome back and forth last night on the mic after Ricky Starks had won that battle royal. And what I loved about this, you know, Ricky Starks is not winning the world title. The, the, the title reign for, for MJF is going to last several months, if not longer than that. But what this did was, one, I mean, a, another thing that's said often about Tony Khan booking is he'll just throw two guys into a match and have it be a good match. And I'm thinking of um, Lance Archer giving a title shot last year against uh, Hangman Adam Page. It came out of nowhere. Archer had been on YouTube TV for months wrestling or the YouTube TV shows wrestling for months. All of a sudden, he gets title shot. He gets title shot, and then he loses, and then he's not on TV again for months. <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that. You, you know, all of a sudden, a guy coming out of nowhere to get a world title shot. Um, you know, I wish... 
that this had been built up for weeks leading up to it because we knew at the pay-per-view yes that's three weeks ago so three you know three or four weeks ago that starks had won and thus was going to get this title shot that they these guys two guys should have been doing uh you know these verbal tete-a-tetes that long you know but we got it last night okay so i you know didn't get what we wanted which was weeks of build-up but we got a good build-up those two guys and what it does for Ricky Starks is he's going to lose the match, but hopefully the booking of that match leads to some controversy. You know, I mean, MJF needs to be a, a chicken shit heel anyway. He needs to be a Ric Flair kind of heel champion where, you know, he he puts the guy over even when he retains the title. Ric Flair did that masterfully for years, um, putting baby faces over and elevating them by giving them a long match and, you know, several near falls and, you know, make it believable that the that in the context of the match that the, the baby face might actually walk away with his belt, get the fans eating into it. Because what that does then is when that baby face leaves that match, even in, you know, in defeat, they are, they're elevated. Now, all of a sudden now this guy is on the level or close to the level of the world champion. And then Ricky Starks, smart booking. I don't know if I give credit to Tony Khan for knowing to do smart booking, but if he does smart booking, Ricky Starks doesn't lose for months after this. And he goes out and tears up the division and um, down the line, he can be a, he can be a contender again. AEW needs to build up as many baby faces as possible to make it so that this MJF, because really you think about it, I guess, I guess Kenny Omega was a, a heel champion, but there weren't, that wasn't a good reign. I mean, they didn't have a lot of baby faces built up to go against him. John Moxley was a face champion, you know, um, th- that's this company. And, and, and I guess uh, Jericho was the original Hill champion. And again, you know, this, it just felt like he was out there and then they eventually found somebody to beat him. This company feels like it's got a lot more good heels and it's got good faces, certainly faces at the top of the level that can compete for world titles. And so if you're going to go with a Hill champion, go with the NWA WCW approach. And I hate even saying WCW, but let's just go with the Crockett approach um, to a world champion. And actually the NWA, when the champion was a terror, you know, had to travel the territories, the idea was heel, build up baby faces, and the baby faces take runs at the champ. Um, and uh, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you're rooting for you're rooting for the chase. Um, and eventually, one of those chases will lead to a, a championship win, and that'll be that'll be glorious. Um, Starks in the mix. That's good to see. So, uh, two things about the Samoa Joe Darby Allen match. One, Darby Allen. You're not going to be able to walk when you're 30 if you keep wrestling like that. And he's 29, turns 30 next month. So when I say that, I'm saying that knowing that. He, he did that dive that, I mean, it's not even a suicide dive. He That missile dive that he does, and he missed, um, knew he was going to miss, of course. But, I mean, he took so many hard bumps from Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was using him as a ragdoll. Allen does this every match. He doesn't need to do it. Do, do it every once in a while. Just make it special. When you do it every time, it's not special. It's just part of what you do. It's like, an, it's like Ricky Morton doing an arm drag every match. Um, and, you know, learn from the old guys who did that kind of thing 20, 30 years ago and now can't walk. You know, we want to see Darby Allen in wrestling for more than a couple more years. And um, so that's, that's the message there. For Samoa Joe, this isn't Samoa Joe's fault. Um, post-match beat down, he's beating down Darby Allen, um, after, after defending his title winning, he's got a match Samoa Joe does with Juice Robinson on Saturday. So the post-match beat down Juice Robinson is going to come out and make the save, right? 
It was Wardlow. Why was Wardlow out there? I understand Wardlow is also feuding Samoa Joe for some reason. There's 150 wrestlers in his company. Only 20 get featured on the shows um, on a weekly basis. But um, we've got to have one guy hold two belts. <laughs> we, we, we don't have anything for Miro to do, for example. We have to have one guy hold two belts. So Samoa Joe is feuding with J- Juice Robinson over the Ring of Honor TV title. And he's feuding with Wardlow over essentially the AEW TV title, the TNT title. Wardlow comes out. I understand. He's feuding with Samoa Joe. There's a pay-per-view in three days. Now it's two days away. That's the guy who should have come out and made the save. I don't even think I have to say that. What in the hell? That makes no, again, I keep saying makes no sense. The Jamie Hayter sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone. So for weeks, she was clamoring. Why aren't you interviewing me? You're talking to Soraya. We talked to Britt Baker. I think we found out why she doesn't get sit-down interviews. God love Jamie Hayter. The crowd decided a few months ago they wanted her to have the belt, and Tony Khan listened and gave her the belt, the women's belt. There's a reason she's booked not to talk. There's a reason she's with Britt Baker. Britt Baker talks to the group. Last night, my wife pointed it out first when we were watching it. Um, she said, did you see that hard edit there? You know, we worked in the TV business, right? So Hard edit, yeah, and then every time they cut away, it was a hard and not even a very well-done edit by the people in the production truck or whoever was doing what. Um, This was a sit-down interview, so they ostensibly shot footage for how many ever minutes and spliced it into like a minute and a half is what they ended up getting, and she couldn't even get it all in one take. So if you have to know why, that's why she doesn't get to talk a lot, and it's almost like I said this in a column it's almost like whoever thought we needed her to complain her way into getting the sit down really didn't do her any favors. And then I put in parentheses, depending on who that was, maybe that was the plan. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who it was who talked her into and not just talked her, but talked Tony Khan into doing this for her. But it's almost like that person's ulterior motive was to say, eh, she shouldn't be the champion because she can't talk. I don't know if it's Brit. I don't know who it is, but that made it clear. On the flip side of the women's division, Jade Cargill, why is she still the TBS champion? Why isn't she the world champion? That's interesting. The the TBS title picture and the world title picture, they're like different orbits. I mean, those people don't even, there's not even interplay there, right? So Jade Cargill is right now the most over woman in all of, I'd say all of wrestling. I mean, the look she's got, she's got the, the heel persona. You know, WWE's ruined Becky Lynch. They haven't used Charlotte Flair for months. Who cares about Ronda Rousey? She can't wrestle. She doesn't want to. So, and Sasha Banks has been gone for a long time. So, WWE's got nothing going on right now. Uh, AEW has decided that Britt Baker, you know, needs some time behind the spotlight. Um, Jade Jade Cargill, put the belt on her. Put the big belt on her. Um, Figure out a way to do it without making her lose so that she continues that unbeaten streak. Give Jamie Hayter the TBS title. Who cares about the, you know, and have, have the orbit switch, basically. Have the solar systems go in different directions. Jade Cargill needs to be the world champion. She's, I mean, she can't wrestle right yet like the world champion, but, you know, you can still work around that. Um, you, her, her, she's, she's the one with potential mass appeal. That's what I'll say about that. That's, she's the one who can appeal to your casual fans. I don't know who Jamie Hayter appeals to except for the very hardcore. So nothing against Jamie Hayter. It's just that, you know, she's, she's fine in the ring um, and she's horrible on the mic. And Jade Cargill is, is fine in the ring, but great on the mic and has the look. She looks like she should be a world champion women's wrestler.
There you go. Okay, so uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's Thursday. I don't know if we'll have any more wrestling talk or writing until the Ring of Honor pay per view. And I'll probably, I don't like doing this. I love wrestling. I want to be the biggest AEW fan. And I have been for the last three years. I've been really disappointed the last three months. So I hate having to trash so much. Um, but, you know, I, I anticipate that I'll be underwhelmed even by the match I'm buying that show for because I don't need, you don't need dog collars on these guys. But anyway, I look forward to at least the fact that they're matching up FDR and the Briscoes. We'll talk about the rest of the show. We'll we'll talk about Rampage, and we'll get ready for next week, which is the Winter is Coming show uh, on Dynamite next week. So any uh, any any questions for me, of course, go to AugustaFreePress.com uh, for the latest wrestling news, but also the latest sports news, latest news news. <laughs> uh, but if you have any questions for me, comments, things you want me to address in a future podcast, feel free to email me at Chris at AugustaFreePress.com.